Hi, and welcome to Dutch the Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike, and right there is, as always, Tom Byfoot. He is the publisher of Dutch the Magazine, DeCrant, and, of course, the uh, Grand Poobah and Chief, uh, and uh, what do you call it, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, I guess, at uh, Dutch the Media. Hi, Tom. Hi, Mike. How are you? Yeah, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer. That pretty much covers it, I guess. It's so funny. In the entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial world of uh, uh, creating publishing, there are a lot of things to do, including uh, what we're doing today, which is a, a podcast we've had going on now for uh, over a month. And uh, let me hand out some kudos to you, uh, Tom. It seems to be catching on quite nicely. And uh, many thanks to you, the viewer and listener, for uh, being there for us. Well, and, and, and thanks to you too, Mike. You've been asking some amazing questions uh, that we've uh, we've covered, you know, from uh, Aurora Borealis to, uh, to what's uh, Holland and what's Dutch actually mean. Exactly. Um, but anyway, t- today uh, we're talking about a much more serious uh, topic, um, I'm afraid, and, and, but it's an important topic, and I'm glad we're covering it, and I'm glad we found a, a really very knowledgeable guest uh, to talk about it. Um, we're talking about a gene mutation today that afflicts people who descend from uh, the Northern Netherlands in particular, but uh, people from the Netherlands in general, it's important that there's awareness around this uh, gene mutation. Um, It originated in the Northern Netherlands about 700 years ago. They don't know exactly, but basically everyone who who is descended from that initial carrier Mm -hmm. uh, has the potential, may have that gene, and the gene can cause, and this is important, uh, can cause very severe, even fatal heart disease. Not everyone, but I think it's important for people, uh, especially if there's um, heart disease in the family, to be aware of this. Uh, We've been fortunate enough for you to line up a a chat with uh, Dr. Dean Jansen today, Uh, And we'll get to that in a minute. I'll remind you, uh, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. Don't hesitate to review it and uh, give us a good review if if you like it. Uh, We would appreciate that. Also, uh, Tom, you often point this out because it's a great way for you to stay uh, in touch with the Dutch community. Reach out to us. Yeah, please um, use uh, use our website at dutchthemedia.com. Of course, if you're watching this uh, and listening on YouTube, you can also leave a comment on, on YouTube itself. But uh, ideally, if you could reach, us, reach out to us, ask us questions, uh, suggest topics, suggest guests, uh, dutchthemedia.com, contact form on the site. And that's, of course, also where you can get everything else related to our publications like take out subscriptions or renew them by books. We've published a number of books. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, we, we can talk about that a little bit after we've spoken to sure. Dr. Jansen, because I think it's important we uh, talk to Dr. Jansen now. Uh, yes, this is a, a very, very interesting interview. I recommend uh, if you have a Dutch lineage, this might be of interest to you uh, and certainly to the ones that you love. Uh, it is a health issue worth talking about. Uh, here is Dr. Dean Jansen speaking with Tom. Today we are talking with Dr. Dean Jansen. Dr. Jansen is the secretary of the PLN Heart Foundation. Uh, he is also a carrier of the gene, uh, and he is a retired orthopedic surgeon from Warsaw, Indiana. Hello, Dr. Jansen, and welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you for having me here today and giving me the opportunity to speak about this very important subject. 
Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, now, maybe uh, right from uh, the top, it's uh, probably a good idea to, to explain what PLN um, cardiomyopathy is. Uh, PLN is the phospholamban protein of heart muscle. The protein is important because it regulates uh, calcium flow in the heart. The PLN mutation is genetic change in this important calcium regulating heart protein. So the PLN cardiomyopathy is the calcium imbalance in the heart, which leads to cell death, fibrosis, heart rhythm changes, and heart failure. Okay. Now, I understand uh, that you are, Kerry, that you're even on, on a waiting list for a heart transplant. So how has this affected your personal life and, and maybe the life of relatives uh, and family members? Well, I was forced to retire from uh, a job that I loved. During my first episode, I was in surgery doing a, a hip replacement, and I had to stop the case and have another surgeon take over the case and finish the operation. I would... Now, if I may, may just interrupt you there, sorry. Um, and, and at that point, did you know that uh, you, you, you may have had uh, may have heart disease or, or, heart, or heart condition? My brother had heart problems and my sister had heart problems. So uh, I had seen a cardiologist and uh, had some EKG abnormalities and I was worked up by this cardiologist, to, uh, which demonstrated I had scar tissue in my heart. We did not know the cause of the scar tissue uh, we just knew that there was scar tissue there, and that predated you know, my heart rhythm problems. Okay, so you were operating on a patient uh, when this manifested itself. That was the first episode was when I was doing that hip replacement that day, yes. Wow. And, and then there were subsequent ep episodes. Yeah, I was uh, still unaware that I had the PLM mutation at that time, and then I was in Greece taking some photographs, and I passed out in the streets climbing up a hill in Greece. And uh, I had two other episodes uh, immediately after that, which led me to have a defibrillator placed. So the defibrillator uh, uh, shocked me uh, after I had a later episode when I passed out in the office uh, seeing patients. Um, I had several other episodes where the defibrillator paced me out of the abnormal heart rhythm, uh, and I felt I was going to die. I felt certain that uh, you know, my life was over because I kept going in and out of the uh, heart rhythm abnormality. Fortunately, my uh, ICD defibrillator was uh, in place, and that's what saved my life. Wow. Now, uh, you've had to retire from your work. Uh, you're a young man. Um, so that indicates that, that, that the um, gene mutation can cause significant and severe uh, ailments. Um, does everyone have that same, every carry have the same experience? No, uh, we have 11 family members with the PLN uh, mutation. And uh, in, in everyone, the PLN condition uh, shows itself uh, differently. My uh, maternal grandfather died at the age of 38 of a sudden heart event that was called a heart attack. Uh, at that time, PON was not known, and uh, my mother uh, was a carrier of the mutation, and but she lived to age 87 without any major oh, wow. heart uh, disease. Uh, my, okay. older, my older brother has atrial fibrillation, 
which has not greatly affected his activities, and he's in his mid-60s. Uh, my sister has generalized heart failure and is extremely limited in her activity. I have ventricular wow. tachycardia, and am, uh, I am on the heart transplant list. Okay. Well, what's what's the prognosis? Do you know when, uh, how long that will take to wait uh, for the transplant? Well, currently, I'm not quite sick enough to uh, justify a heart transplant. I'm very uh, low on the list priority, uh, but I can be moved up rapidly if I start getting more severe heart rhythm abnormalities again. Okay. Now, um, you're talking about heart transplant. That's, of course, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate, uh, I presume, um, uh, thing that, that can be done. Uh, what other op- options are there for treatment? Are there any op- options? And, and is there um, a view towards something that might actually permanently fix the, uh, the issue? Well, medications are used, and there are four classes of medications uh, that are used for heart failure. Uh, they're not really specific for the PLM mutation, but are generalized medicines used for heart failure. I'm on 10 different heart medicines, and some are for the arrhythmia, and some of, that, some of them are for the heart failure. Um, if the mutation uh, symptoms are not adequately relieved with medications, then there are three types of surgical procedures that can be done. Uh, I had an ablation, and my brother had an ablation, and I have a niece who is soon to have an ablation, which is burning of these abnormal heart rhythm channels in the heart. Um, And that's been very successful in controlling my most severe heart rhythm abnormalities with the ventricular tachycardia. Uh, also, another important surgical treatment is implanting a ICD. An ICD is a, a defibrillator that goes under your skin and is wired directly to the heart. It has a computer on it which senses your abnormal heart rhythm and can shock you uh, back into normal rhythm uh, should you uh, develop an arrhythmia. I have five family members that have had uh, ICDs. Uh, I was shocked back into rhythm during my third episode, and I've had uh, 30 or more pacings to get me out of the ventricular tachycardia in the past. Wow. Uh, I'm just going to remind uh, listeners that uh, we're talking about um, uh, PLN cardiomyopathy, a disease that affects predominantly people of Dutch uh, heritage, and that's uh, why we're talking about it in Dutch, the podcast. Um, Now, uh, from what I understand, the gene mutation as a cause of the disease was only discovered uh, very recently. I've I've got the date of 2010. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly right. But the mutation occurred uh, in the late Middle Ages in, in the province of Friesland in the Netherlands. So uh, since the um, connection was only discovered so recently, uh, what is the level of awareness within the medical uh, establishment, and, and then in particular family physicians and cardiologists that I would suspect people who, who, who are experiencing issues would, uh, would go to? Yeah, the level of awareness is far greater in the Netherlands, where uh, half of the world's cases of PON are likely present, but most family physicians and cardiologists in North America are, are unaware of PON. So one of the goals of the PON Foundation is to spread awareness. As a physician, I have been given presentations to various physician groups, alerting them of the importance of genetic testing 
and PON mutation is suspected. Okay, and, and that, that's part of what we're doing today, uh, of course, also is raising that awareness. Um, now, uh, I understand from your website that uh, in the Netherlands about 1,500 uh, carriers have been identified, but that uh, there is a, an estimate of about 10 to 15,000 people in Holland alone uh, who might carry the gene. Do you know how those numbers were arrived at, that estimate? And also, do you have uh, an estimate, do you have numbers of potential carriers in North America, in the U.S. and Canada? Yeah, the estimation in the Netherlands was extrapolated from uh, genetic surveys that were done in the Netherlands, which showed percentages of affected individuals with genetic mutations. Uh, and so half the world's uh, PLN carriers are in the Netherlands, most of them in the northern Netherlands, centered around Friesland. Uh, approximately 4,000 carriers exist in North America, and that's based on family origin immigration data. And oh, based yeah. on, so, so that's an estimate, that's right? 4,000. Now, how many uh, identified cases? Do you know that as well? Well, we've got less than 100 in our database uh, in the United States and Canada so far up to this point. Uh, but uh, we're told that certain centers like the Mayo Clinic, they may have as many as 40. Uh, Johns Hopkins has as many as 10. Uh, Stanford University uh, has uh, more than 20 cases that we've been uh, noted to, uh, but but either way, you're you're talking about less than ten percent of the overall suspected uh, population. Uh, yeah, it, it's around ten percent of the Netherlands uh, have been diagnosed uh, uh, with the mutation that have it. In the United States, it's closer to five percent or less uh, that have the mutation wow. have been diagnosed. So we're oh, at the okay. tip of the iceberg. So, yeah, it's very important to get the word out. And then after our discussion, I'll talk very briefly about uh, uh, specifically uh, how you might know that uh, your ancestors come from the northern part of the Netherlands. Now, of course, people have spread out. So even if there's not that direct connection with the northern Netherlands, uh, there's still a possibility that, uh, that a patient might be a carrier, of course. Um, talking about that, can you tell us a little bit about what's known about the origin of the mutation in terms of location and timing uh, and, and how it's passed on? Yeah, the mutations began spontaneously probably in the late uh, 1400s, which is over 700 years ago in the northern Netherlands. The mutation, the mutation shows an autosomal dominance inheritance pattern, which means 50% of children of mutation carriers will have the mutation and 50% are free of the mutant gene. And, and once they're free, they can pass it on. Um, it's, it's not like a recessive uh, Right, gene. it's not a recessive gene. So uh, you have to be a carrier of the gene to pass that on to your offspring and only half of the carrier's children will have the gene. So, so oh. those half that don't have the gene do not pass that on. Only the carrier's uh, that have received the, the, the mutation gene from their parent and pass that on. Okay. Uh, and, and I might, might have been using, I'm not a medical professional by, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I may, I may have used that word wrongly, uh, but I think uh, the message is coming across very clearly. Um, 
Does it people be coming to uh, North America from the Netherlands since the 1620s, uh, since um, Henry Hudson sailed up uh, the river that uh, that's now called after him? Um, does it make a difference when your parents came or your ancestors came to North America? Would someone who descended from the New Netherland Dutch have less or more of a chance than someone whose grandparents came here in the 1950s? Well, the mutation was already established by 1620 in the Northern Netherlands. So I would say that where the person immigrated from is more important than when the person immigrated. You know, there was a okay. small focus of people even in the 1600s in the Friesland area that had the mutation. So it's possible that, you know, those people could have come in the 1600s. Well, Peter Stuyvesant, the um, the Governor General of uh, New Amsterdam, uh, was uh, was from Friesland himself. And I'm not saying that he uh, carried the mutation, but he did come from that part of the country. So definitely, uh, people from Friesland were coming that early. And then, of course, there was a big exodus from Friesland in the late uh, 19th century. And then again, post-war, uh, people from Friesland and Groningen as well, the northern provinces, were, I think. Um, uh, heavily um, included in, in the various immigration waves. Um, I, I was alerted to PLN, I'd never heard of it, by a Dutch friend from Friesland who, who had severe heart disease, and he'd heard about PLN and asked him about, uh, asked his cardiologist about it. Turned out his, his condition had a different cause, uh, but they checked it for him anyway. Uh, do you think anyone uh, of Dutch descent uh, who has a heart problem should mention this to their, uh, to their physicians? Well, if there's a strong family history of heart disease, uh, particularly if multiple family members or family members have died at a young age of heart conditions and they're of Dutch ancestry, uh, then genetic testing is uh, strongly recommended. So there is a genetic test. It's, it, uh, how, how hard or easy is it to determine whether someone uh, carries uh, the mutation? Well, the test uh, costs about $250 to do a single gene testing. Uh, you can spend more money and get uh, a whole panel of uh, abnormal heart disease genes tested for. So uh, either option is okay. Generally, we prefer the uh, broader testing because that can pick up non-PLN-related conditions. Uh, and if someone has a strong family history of heart disease, uh, a broader panel of tested genes is more accurate for detecting and, and uh, finding these uh, mutations. Now, what, what age do, uh, do um, um, symptoms generally uh, manifest themselves? Symptoms have never started before puberty, but the youngest recorded death from PLM mutation is around age 20. Wow. That is so. So um, there are five million Americans of Dutch descent. We're talking about a potential of only about five thousand uh, carriers in North America. So uh, it's important, probably, to realize uh, that the fact that you're of Dutch descent doesn't mean you're necessarily immediately at risk. Um, are there still cases where you'd say? If you know you're of Dutch descent, and not everyone will know that even, but if you do, um, to be preventatively uh, screened or tested? If there's no family history of heart disease and there are no symptoms of heart disease, then preventive screening is probably not necessary. Okay. 
Well, that's good to know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the organization? Uh, you're the secretary of the North American organization. There's an organization in the Netherlands as well. Um, what do you do? Um, how are you trying to create awareness? And, and uh, what do, how can people get in touch with you? Well, the PLN Foundation was founded in the Netherlands by Peter Glynis, who uh, uh, incidentally had a heart transplant for the mutation. The mission of the PLN Foundation is to find affordable cure and treatments for the PLN mutation. And the ultimate goal is a cure within five years. The PLN Foundation is a transatlantic cooperative effort of research involving six academic centers, three in the Netherlands, three in the United States. Uh, of note, 95% of North American PLN mutation carriers have yet to be identified and identification is present is possible only through genetic testing. So we are trying to establish a data database of North American PLN carriers, uh, so we can provide these patients with information about uh, trials of therapy and new treatments that are available. Uh, any donation to the PLN Foundation is used for research purposes. The uh, latest information about PLN donations can be found at our website at plnheart.org. PLN. PLNheart.org. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, so it's plnheart.org. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's remember that. plnheart.org. Um, now, uh, you mentioned there's three centers in the U.S. Where, where are they? Uh, the three centers in the U.S. are uh, Mount Sinai in New York. University of Cincinnati, uh, obviously in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Stanford University in California. Now, I would suspect that a, a large concentration of cases would be in Western Michigan, um, maybe uh, maybe uh, New York State, areas where Dutch people have settled. A lot central Iowa springs to mind as well. Um, do you see that? Yes. The, the largest number of carriers we're seeing are in uh, central western Michigan, in northwestern Iowa, and California. Okay, yeah, California, lots of Dutch people settled in California. Um, well, thank you very much for taking, uh, taking the time. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? There's uh, two things I'd like to add. You know, one is the importance of genetic testing. Um, I have a niece who was in her mid-30s who had a history of palpitations, but she did not think uh, anything about it. And once her father was found to have the mutation, she was tested and uh, was found to have advanced heart disease and had an ICD place. She was walking out in the country and uh, passed out with her young, while walking her three young children and was shocked back into a normal heart rhythm. Without genetic testing, the severity of her heart disease would not have been detected, and her daughters could have lost their mother on that country road. The second thing I'd like to emphasize is that PLN Foundation is hosting a, a family information Zoom meeting uh, involving several researchers and physicians from Stanford, Cincinnati, and Groninger of the uh, Netherlands. And they'll be giving presentations about their research and treatment options. The date of the event is March 18th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And registration is easy. easy you can just send me your email, and I'll provide a Zoom link. My email is dean at plnheart.org. 
Let's repeat that, dean at plnheart.org, uh, and, and that's a Zoom event uh, in, in March, March 18th. March 18th. Okay, uh, that's, that's very good to know. Well, again, thank you so much for wanting to talk about this and your own personal experiences with the disease. I, I wish you all the best um, in, in, in the near future, and um, uh, thank you again. Well, thanks for having me today. Tom, that is a, a fascinating uh, bit of information, and not even a bit of information. Uh, knowing that uh, Dr. Jansen is experiencing this, that it's been devastating to his life, uh, that he wants to share this information with uh, people of Dutch lineage. But frankly, it, it uh, being a genetic mutation, you need to follow up on it. That was fascinating. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, and and I also, uh, you know, I. When I heard uh, Dr. Jens was a retired uh, a surgeon, I thought he would, I didn't think he'd be that young. So yeah. it was really quite shocking that he was caught right in the middle of his work of, of a job he really loved doing and that he had to uh, retire from that. But it's great that he shared that information. Um, to put it in perspective, though, um, you know, it afflicts about uh, one in 1,500 people in the Northern Netherlands. That's a huge That's number, number you know, yeah. uh, of, of people. Yeah. But Still, the chances that any single person would have the gene mutation are relatively small. Nevertheless, the awareness is important. And I, I thought I'd just share briefly for people whose Dutch descent may be a bit further in the past. I mean, people may not necessarily even have a la Dutch last name. Uh, you know, this can uh, be passed uh, down um, along the female Absolutely. line. And people have been coming to North America since, uh, since the 1600s. But anyway, typical for... Frisian Northern Netherlands Dutch names are names that end, end in an A, or typically an M-A, N-G-A, S-T-R-A. You know, examples would be names like Dijkstra, Jarisma, Huizinga, uh, etc. Uh, those are very common names in the Northern Netherlands. And then um, De Vries is a very common, is the one of the most common names in the whole of the country, and it literally means from Friesland. Okay. The Frisian. So if your name's the Fries, good chances that you uh, descend from someone uh, from the Northern Netherlands as well. Um, so uh, if, you're, if you're of Dutch descent uh, and there is heart disease in the family, I think it's important to, uh, to be aware of this. Uh, this is uh, just one of many things you'll find covered, I think, in uh, Dutch the magazine. Uh, this kind of article, I think, is uh, it's a little breakthrough and uh, quite different, I think, for your coverage. Uh, but really important. So, Tom, thanks for cutting out the time in the uh, uh, the editorial space to talk about this, and uh, we hope that it benefits uh, many of you who might not know uh, you have this affliction. Uh, all right. Yeah. Look, before we get out of here, a couple of reminders. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, the information now on the screen. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, I will point out that if you go to DutchTheMedia.com, uh, Tom and I are constantly uh, discovering with you on this show all kinds of amazing uh, Dutch places and people and interesting events and uh, stores even. Uh, Tom has written an amazing collection of essays uh, in a book called Hidden in Plain Sight, available at Dutch the Media. Uh, and uh, as I say, we'll put that contact information up and a look at the book there. It's a great discovery and, and frankly, you could set out your own map of uh, Dutch discovery uh, right here in North America. Uh
Oh, yeah, there, there are so many places, Mike. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, Hiding in Plain Sight, uh, DutchTheMedia.com, uh, or on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble chapters, uh, wherever you, uh, you get Hot your books. Hot off the New York Times uh, top 10 bestseller list, I believe. <laughs> if only. <laughs> well, we wish that to be the case. Uh, and uh, bit by bit, we're getting there with this podcast. Thank you very much for being with us. Uh, and, uh, Tom, thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Great. See you next time.